Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Further back then to the outsiders, Bunduran and Max Delighter's heads return. Can Bonsell Benjamin keep going? Here comes the king on the outside. King of swing given full bore. Goes up to Bonsell Benjamin. They're having a great two-horse war. Leaders Max Delight, King of Swing and Bonsell Benjamin. King of Swing dives, gets up, the champ's home. It's a clean sweep for the McCarthys, I reckon. King of Swing has grabbed Bonsell Benjamin. In the As shadow. I said when I was speaking to Chris Barsby earlier, there would have been a lot of multi-money and, and many punters just backed that horse outright last night. You had to wait for the entire straight for that horse to get up and it was the last bound. That horse, King of Swing, got his head in front on the line. Chris Barsby, good morning again. Yes, yeah, Steve, again, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. It was a classic race last night, but the champ came out on top, aptly described by Freddie Hastings last night. He's unbeaten so far, two for two, but in saying that, his stablemate, his youngest stablemate, also unbeaten, expensive ego, and he smashed the track record there last night. He was awesome, stopping the clock at 150.6. He ran splits of 27.7, 28.3, 28.6, 26-3 on the way home. So they are clearly the top two horses for this series. King of Swing and Expensive Ego. The yeah. man that called all the action last night, Steve, is about to join us. Yeah, Fred Hastings. Even that King of Swing race, Chris, that first quarter was 26-1. I mean, I don't know what the record, sectional record is there at Bathurst, but that'd have to be close to it, wouldn't it? Um, that first oh, quarter absolutely. there. Yeah. Fred Hastings. Yeah. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. Steve, Chris, good morning. Yeah, gee, it was, uh, it was some race, and I, I guess the interest in that race was set up by a very uh, bullish Jason Grimson declaring that they will not be handing up to King of Swing and that if King of Swing was to win the race, he had to earn it. And by gee, didn't he what? Uh, 26-1, I've got no doubt that would be the quickest first quarter ever posted at Bathurst at the new track. And we got what we expected. Bonsell uh, Benjamin uh, came out running... Uh, King of Swing. He was three deep for about the first 500 before he parked and then uh, they pretty much went to war from the quarter marker and it was a real battle but uh, the champion qualities definitely shone through. What goes through your head sometimes? I know all the broadcasters do it. You look over to that sectional board and you looked up and, and saw that posted 26-1. Did it go through your mind to say, hang on a minute, is that right? Or you knew they were going that sort of you know record pace for that particular quarter, Fred? You can just tell, and I think Chris will concur, you just get a feel for a race when they are going hard. And, and as I said, given the, the declaration by the trainer, Jason Grimson, and even the driver, Jack Trainer in a pre-race interview with Ryan Phelan on Sky and Sky Thoroughbred Central, he, he basically said, there is no lead for King of Swing tonight. So you just knew uh, that if you know, the speed was going to be on, and that's exactly how it played out. What was the highlight, Freddie, calling that race and that sort of finish last night or broadcasting expensive ego just obliterate the track record? Both were very good in their own right, but for you last night driving home, which one gave you more satisfaction? Chris, I think King of Swing because expensive ego essentially beat the clock. Um, he, he smashed the clock and, and just that last quarter home, uh, he got home in uh, you know 26-3 or thereabouts. Um, I guess that emphasised the performances of Triple Eight, uh, the Black Prince and Majestic uh, Cruiser behind him. Look, 
take nothing away from him. He's certainly one of my favourite horses, Expensive Ego. Always has been since his juvenile days. But King of Swing, he really earned that uh, win last night. We know he has a superior record at the shorter course. And uh, I, I just think... Uh, the fact that he, he, he you know, in his own right, he was only uh, what, six tenths, eight tenths outside of the newly set record by the stablemate. I think it's going to get down to the draw, Chris, uh, you know, on finals night, uh, you know, who will start favourite and who will have the, the better run. But I, I've got to say, I'm still King of Swing in the King of Swing camp. Chris, who drives expensive yeah, ego? I would say they'd get David Moran to come up from Victoria yeah. to drive him. He drove him okay. in the Miracle Mile chariots of... Uh, yeah, did he drive him? Uh, no, Miracle Mile he drove him in, so I'd say he'd be the front runner. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the plan um, so far for, for him to, to partner um, expensive ego. Uh, I, I think they'd have to use a crowbar to try and get uh, uh, Luke off, off King. He's sticking with King. Yeah, and Freddie, you've just outlined that you're still sticking with King of Swing, but is the gap getting closer between these two guys now? They're both unbeaten. Visually, mm. Expensive Ego probably looks a little better than King of Swing, but when you see yep. a breakdown King of Swing, he's been tremendous so far in his own ride. So is the gap getting closer? Chris, I go back to an interview I did with uh, Luke McCarthy probably two weeks before the, the series started. And he pretty much gave the biggest uh, rap for, for Expensive Ego and said he will be the horse in his team that will be best suited by the rigours of an Inter-Dominion campaign. Um, and that sort of stuck with me. He thinks the 3,009 metres uh, and the, just the, the tough style of racing that goes with an Inter-Dominion campaign will suit him. If you go back to his lead-up to the Chariots of Fire, then ultimately to the Miracle Mile, he essentially raced six weeks in a row, six Saturday nights in a row. So he's certainly a tough little customer, expensive ego. So I've got no doubt the gap is closed, and, and I think whatever we see in this season of expensive ego, Chris, next season, uh, he may well assume the mantle as, as the best in the country. If uh, not, he's certainly vying for that. And, and let's not forget the other McCarthy runner. I, I, I tried to think, Chris, and I, I know you, you're a bit of a, a astute historian, but I couldn't recall a night where a trainer and driver combination picked up all three pacing heats uh, on the one night. I, I just couldn't think of an occasion. So... If that indeed was a first, if it was a first, what a performance with Spirit of St. Louis, who was three deep without cover for the last uh, 900 metres. I thought its run was good as well. And quite incredible, the top five of the top five point scorers, the McCarthys have uh, four of them. And it looks like they're going to qualify four runners mm. for the final. Uh, that being said, with Spirit of St. Louis beating Alder Orlando, they've all... Uh, gathered really good points after the two rounds so far. So that's a mm. that's a feat in itself, qualifying four runners for this big final. Well, King of Swing and, and Expensive Ego sit aloft the uh, the table at 32. Then you've got Spirit of St. Louis, who's had a placing and a win at 29. And Elder Orlando's had two seconds on 26. They're only... Uh, Spirit of St. Louis and uh, Elder Orlando are only separated by Malcolm's Rhythm. Now, Malcolm's Rhythm is going to come into his own as the races get longer. I thought his run last night uh, behind uh, uh, Spirit of St. Louis, breezing all the way. He showed gate speed, and he's certainly got tactical gate speed, Malcolm's rhythm. But we all know, Chris, he's a superior stayer, and uh, he, he'll get into the final, and he, he is going to be one suited at 3,009 metres. I'm not saying he can beat the, uh, the McCarthy pair, but he, he certainly uh, represents uh, strong uh, value as a, as, a, as a staying type who will qualify. So, yeah, great effort. I mean, 
four of the top five so far, uh, trained by uh, the McCarthys, and uh, they're on song to have uh, a quartet, a third of the field in the final. Yeah, Chris, when are the fields out for Sunday? It'll be today. Okay. At the yeah, moment, we tap. Away. Yeah, yeah two thirty King of Swing, two thirty and expensive ego two seventy. That's the market. And then ten dollars Spirit of St. Louis. That's gonna be an interesting one in itself too, Fred. Who drives Spirit of St. Louis? Jack Callaghan will stick obviously with Alter Orlando, so who's gonna get the drive on Spirit of St. Louis? Well, that's yeah, that's that's a, an interesting one because I'm pretty I'm pretty confident expensive ego will be David and uh and Jack will obviously stick to Outer Orlando, so It'll just get down to uh, to who you know who the preference is. I, I I don't have an opinion on who will drive that horse at the moment, um, but you know, there's still a week to go before we get there. But it, it's a nice conundrum to have, isn't it, Chris? To, to be <laughs> trying to sort out who am I, who's going to drive who when you've got a, a third of the field in an Inter Dominion Grand Final. Incredible. Another stable that will be duly represented. All things going to plan for uh, Saturday week is going to be David Aiken. You just mentioned Malcolm's Rhythm. Max Delight is just sort of flying under the radar. Good on night one. I thought he was excellent again last night. Uh, David Aiken knows what it takes to prepare an inter-dominion horse, and these two horses are, are just ticking over nicely. So he's going to have the two runners. So there's half the field already just from two stables. Yeah, absolutely. Max Delight sits on 20 points. And again, as you said, his run last night was very good. He, he, he filled, uh, filled a place last night, and he was getting to the line as well as anything. And another who I think has a superior record as uh, you know, over the staying trip. So, yeah, what an incredible situation. And then you've got, potentially, Bonsell Benjamin um, from, from the Grimson Barn. Uh, you've, you've got um, another one of his, uh, who's... who's I'm, I'm just trying to quickly scan down the page. He had Majestic another one Cruiser. that was somewhere in the... Uh, Majestic Cruiser, yeah, who sits on, at the moment, on 22 points. So there's two. So eight of the, yeah. eight of the runners could well come from three stables. Uh, it's just an amazing situation. It really is. I thought the Black Prince, Chris, did a good job and you know, it just shows you the difference between barrier draws. He had outside of second yeah. row last Saturday and never got into it and then last night had three and was able to find a forward position. So barrier draws can never be underestimated in any form of racing, uh, but certainly uh, when you've got big fields and, and the desperation to get points, uh, barrier draws can make all the difference. Yep, absolutely. And he heads to his home track on Sunday night too, uh, the Black Prince. So mm. I'll be keen to him uh, for him to race well to stamp his ticket for the big dance. So whilst the paces are starting to look clear-cut, in particular with King of Swing and Expensive Ego, Freddie, on the other hand, the Trotters, this is just, oh. you know, throw them up in the air, see where they land type stuff. Because last night it was, it was a major shock to see the series favourite perform as badly as what he did Majestic Man. Yeah, look, uh, it's been reported he had an elevated heart rate after the race and they're going to do uh, bloods and scope the horse today. Uh, so later on this afternoon, the picture will be a little clearer on Majestic Man. His run was just too bad to be true. Uh, I read a report that Anthony Bart said he never felt comfortable throughout the race and he dropped out to finish sixth. Uh, it's been quite a, quite a series for the Trotters. And for the first time, we mightn't have touched on this last week, but for the first time, in Trotters into Dominion history, we're seeing three rounds of heats and then a final. Now, historically, it's only ever been two rounds of heats and they would run the grand final for the trot on the night of the third round of Pacers heats. But uh, this time round, we have three complete rounds for the Trotters. And Timothy Red's been the star of the show, Chris. I mean, this is a yeah. horse that has emerged 
um, you know, going back a few months ago, he, he didn't. He had a few injury issues, but he, he just couldn't even. He, he struggled a bit in his gait, and uh, he, he wasn't performing in the midweeks. And he's come out and been a giant killer. Uh, I thought some of the Victorians, uh, the penny drops is going to be suited by the trip. It's uh, on good points at the moment. The penny drops. It's fifth in qualifying order. And a lot of muscle was very good last night, as he was uh, on Saturday night in the first round. So uh, Pink Galaz is there. We saw an improved run from Sydney's best trotter in Tough Monarch. In contrast, the equal favourite leading into the series, Funky Monkey, uh, she's been an outstanding trotter over uh, the last few months, but in the Inter-Dominion heats, she's just lost away a bit and she's galloped on both or on two occasions and she's uh, pretty much, I would you know, say, right out of contention now for a spot in the final. Yeah, it certainly looks open and uh, we look forward to that uh, final round of uh, heats coming through on Sunday night from Newcastle. So a little different going on a Sunday night. So roughly what time, Fred, do we expect these heats to be staged? I think you'll find, Chris, they'll, they'll probably run to very similar timing as they ran last night, uh, so as they can get the Sky Thoroughbred Central coverage uh, to commence at around eight. So we had the first uh, heat uh, last night, first of the Pacers heats, uh, run at 8.16. So I would suspect we'll probably commence the meeting a bit after six, as we did last night at Bathurst, and, and run through until about 10.30. So I think the time... The timing, I haven't seen uh, anything different at this stage, but the timing will be very similar to last night to facilitate the opportunity of having that extended and expansive coverage on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Fred, just your opinion on how it's all going, you know, with this, the way it's working with Menangle, Bathurst, then Newcastle, then, you know, back at Menangle a week later. How do you feel about the whole series or would you tweak anything going forward with this? Steve, going back years ago, we would run uh, the first round of heats at Harold Park, then move the second round heats to Newcastle and then back to Harold Park for the third round. Um, this year, we've added uh, Bathurst to the mix. And I have to say, last night, there was an incredible buzz at the track. It was so well received by uh, the locals. Uh, I went down twice to get a feed between races and the line-up for the, <laughs> the line-up for the uh, uh, bistro was that long, like I ended up giving up and came home and had a slice of toast at one o'clock in the morning. Um, so that, look, the place was a buzz. It was a real good atmosphere. And I guess on some levels too, it's a, it's a spiritual home of harness racing when you look at all the, the great horses and horsemen and horsewomen that have come through uh, that region out west, uh, you know, and some of the great breeding establishments and the like. It was just a real good buzz. And I, I think the inclusion of Bathurst was a bit of a masterstroke. Uh, it really worked. And I, I think the format that we have in terms of three rounds and a, and a final, uh, but I, li- I do like the, uh, the, the way they've done it by taking them to two, two centres uh, two centres of excellence, Newcastle and Bathurst. I think that works. I normally have toast, Stephen, when I'm the bistro is empty um, on a Saturday <laughs> night. Southern Saturday night. <laughs> do, well, do you think they'll turn up on the, Sunday night, Freddie? Say that again, Chris. Do you think they'll turn up on Sunday night in the Hunter region to support oh, the, the, the series? Yeah, yeah look, I, I'm, even though it's Sunday, it's a school night, so to speak, as we say. Um, I, I think they will get a good crowd. It's been pretty well promoted in the area. They've got a, a heap of hospitality packages and the like and, uh, you know, done a fair bit of promoting. And uh, if last night is any indication... And, and remembering there's, there's you know, a little bit of a, a flavour with uh, the Novacastrian uh, horse there. I guess he's... Uh, 
uh, you know, one of the best uh, to come out of that area in a little while, the Black Prince, and he did so well last night. I think there'll be a bit of a cheer squad. I've got no doubt they'll have quite a crowd there on, on Saturday night. Uh, Sunday night, I beg your pardon, Sunday night. Okay. Well, we look forward to round three coming through on Sunday night, and then it all heads towards uh, Menangle the following week for the big final. Again, Freddie, job well done last night. Look forward to catching up again next week. Cheers, Chris. I appreciate that, and I can't wait. Look forward to chatting us by then. The picture is a whole lot clearer. Mm, but Chris wants to be in your shoes. He doesn't have to wait too long, I suppose, when the Interdom comes to Albion Park in a few years' time. Well, how good's that? I mean, that's that's another great thing. I think that the, you know, it's it's back in Queensland, and um, yeah, Chris, I'll I'll be um, eagerly watching your uh, broadcasts and and being a little bit envious that uh, the caravan moves to another place. Yeah, absolutely. Really look forward to it. Great stuff, Freddie. Talk next week. Let's do that. Cheers, Chris. There's Fred Hastings, the uh, the chief harness caller in New South Wales, and he brought us all of the action last night. Part of the action last night also involved Brittany Graham from Sky Racing. She joins us online now. Brittany, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. What was the star performer for you? The track record expense of Ego, the uh, the first over crush from King of Swing. What was uh, what was better for you? I don't know if I can split the two, to be honest, Chris. They were both incredible in, in their own ways. Of course, expensive ego breaking that track record and the way that he did it as well. The fact that he did so much work and then could turn around and still sprint home in a significantly quicker 400 metres than he had for the rest of the race. 26-3 after any sort of time out in front is unbelievable. But to do it after all of that... Uh, it was superb. So he was excellent. But I just love the, the fighting qualities that King of Swing showed and the tenacity. There's always been, I feel like there's always been this cloud hanging over King of Swing that he was a, a leader. He was a miler. Mm. He got handed the lead all the time. And therefore, that's how he won all of these big races. But I think particularly through the Queensland Carnival, my personal respect for the horse certainly increased. And as did it last night, he was super and um, yeah it was just a great night of racing I really enjoyed night two so does Luke McCarthy drive home last night on that long drive does he sort of just ponder and think am I driving the right horse in the final king of swing or is he starting to just you know feel that expensive ego might just be peaking at precisely the right time or is it clear cut in in your mind with what Luke's thinking I think he just has such a respect for king of swing as a horse and and the way that they have developed him as well. We know the story of him coming across from the West and the fact that he was down on form, down on confidence. And these two, Luke and King of Swing, have really grown together a super strong bond. And you only have to see the way. There were some really great pictures uh, coming through on Sky Thoroughbred Central last night after the race. And when King of Swing was standing there, as he does in a very chilled out fashion whilst the photos were taken, and you could just see Luke looking at him at, and just marvelling at what sort of animal he is. And we know the quality of horse flesh that he's had to deal with in his career, Luke McCarthy, but there's just something special about uh, these two and the combination that they make. So um, no doubt uh, he would be uh, thrilled to be aboard Expensive Ego in any other scenario, but, um, yeah, I can't see him jumping off King anytime soon. Okay. One question I do want to ask you, and it sort of stems from what you just said Still a lot of people, a lot of media people as well, that sort of half want to pot King of Swing. And when you look at his record, 39 wins from 76 starts, $2.4 million. Is he a champion already, or does he need this Inter-Dominion victory next week 
to sort of, you know, solidify that sort of title? Well, champion's a big word, isn't it? And and it probably gets thrown around too much. But I'm not sure what more King of Swing can do. Uh, in the last 18 months, he's taken all before him. And as I said, he won that Black of Fake last year. He wasn't able to get a, a win on the board in this year's Queensland Constellations. But I think his performance is in defeat in the races of the Sunshine Sprint and the Blacks of Fake probably garnered more respect and admiration for him. So um, maybe, probably, I think, it's not necessarily King of Swing and his performances that people may query, whoever they may be, but maybe the fact that at the present time, our Grand Circuit, and because of COVID, it hasn't been as deep as, as seasons gone by. When you look back at a horse like Black to Fake and the fields, and it's always easier in hindsight, the fields that he defeated, you think, well... You know, some of the horses he defeated were champions. So what does that make him? Maybe we can't quite say the same for the horses that King of Swing is defeating. But in saying that, he can only beat what's in front of him, can't mm. he? question I'm keen to put to you both. Chris, in the final, say, say King Expensive Ego finds the top early in the race, draws well, then waits for King of Swing to come around. Does King of Swing then go to the top, Expensive Ego hand up, or the other scenario, Chris, where the stablemate leads? Any thoughts on that, both of you? I think King of Swing will find the front at some point in that final, regardless of where he draws. If he draws badly and Expensive Ego draws well and he's the early leader, I think he'll be happy to hand what over What about the reverse? To... I'm, yeah, I'm not so sure there. Brittany? I'm probably of the opinion at this stage, particularly how Expensive Ego has raced throughout the series, that whoever gets to the fence first would be keen to hold it. Um, we both know that they're fantastic leaders and they're also owned by different connections. So I probably think that if expensive ego is in front, he'll be keen to hold that position and, and vice versa. But yeah, you never know. But I just think um, I can't see expensive ego handing the lead to anybody at this stage. Well then, can King of Swing sit outside expensive ego and beat the horse? Mm. Over 3,000 mm. metres, it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. I'd... I'd Personally, myself, I don't think either could sit outside the other and beat them. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I tend to agree. And I think that the fact that the, the final is going to be over that's such a, a marathon trip. Um, that, that's a really tall order um, to be sitting parked out and, and trying to beat the other one. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that one. Just, just a quick one. I asked Brittany about it. Brittany, you've got your ear to the ground. Is there any sort of whisper on who's likely to, to get the drive on Spirit of St. Louis? Given that they won all of the heats of the McCarthy's last night, the pacing heats, he's going to need a driver in the final. Are you hearing anything at this early stage? No, nothing at this stage. I know John McCarthy uh, has driven him in the past. He drove him in the Lensmith Mile. But, um, you know, there's been different bits and pieces swirling. And um, I'm under the impression that uh, Todd and Andy are coming home for Christmas. I don't know whether that... I'm, I'm of the understanding that they won't be back in time for the Inter-Dominion Grand Final. But, um, you know, wouldn't that be a story if, if someone like Toddy was to come back and partner horse in the Inter-Dominion? I don't think it will happen, and I'm not saying that's the case. But I know in the lead-up to the Rising Sun, uh, Matty Williams had had a lot to do with Spirit of St. Louis in New Zealand, and there was some talk of him coming over to partner with Spirit of St. Louis for the Rising Sun. Now, things have changed again in New Zealand and it's probably less likely now than it was then. But there's a few baby curveballs that, that I can throw at you there that you never really know. Yeah, OK. The other one that I've got to pose uh, this morning, 
the, the Queensland form. It's gone straight down the gurgler. Uh, Mac Da Vinci can't beat himself at the moment. And, uh, there's been a few others that have been up here that have been going okay, and they're just really struggling at the moment. So that's been that's been a, a low light. Oh, I mean, Majestic Cruise is racing very well, though. True, true. But and, we and expect I don't think, a lot I don't more think, from Mac Da Vinci. Yeah, I I think last night was disappointing, but I I really liked his effort on night one. And I'm just sort of looking back now, and he was beat a very long way, but he did get shuffled back a very long way as well. Horses just kept coming around that basically took him nowhere. So, And that probably dents his confidence a little bit as well. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't disappointed with his night one performance, but, yeah, he was probably a bit subpar uh, last night. But Majestic Cruiser, he's been awesome in his two runs to date, and, of course, he could only manage third in that Queensland Cup. So... I think he's still the sleeper in the series, Chris. I think he's just going to love the pressure of the 3,000 metres. And if he happens to, to draw down close, gets a really nice run on the back of either Expensive Ego or King of Swing, I, I don't see why he can't really push them because he took ground off King of Swing on night one. OK, the horse that I'm looking at as being the uh, the giant killer is Max Delight. He's been awesome so far. Both from mm. poor draws, really good last night. So I think he's just ticking along nicely. So uh, if you're looking for that sort of, you know, giant killer, a long shot, Max Delight's ticking all the boxes for me. What about the Trotters, Brittany? This is this is wide open, and this is this is great because uh, there's a lot of opinion, there's a lot of uh, discussion about the Trotters, but uh, you know, it's been it's been really different, but uh, I think really good in, in a way. Yeah, absolutely. We like to see uh, there be many chances heading into a final and maybe in the Pacers division there are only two legitimate winning hopes at this stage. But in the Trotters, there's a, there's a stack of them. Last night, Timothy Red, he proved that night one was no fluke. He was excellent. Mary Law was very, very good as well. Pink Eyes is absolutely flying without luck. And then a horse like the Penny Drops is just going to love the 3,000 metres if he can get there and then throw in a lot of muscle. Maddie Craven, so he looks likely of having two starters in this trotting final. A tough monarch was a lot better. Majestic Man was the obvious disappointment. I called uh, Ants this morning, and he, considering the performance of Majestic Man, he still seemed quite uh, upbeat. If it's if it, that's fair to say, he certainly didn't sound overly concerned about his prospect to take his place in the remainder of the series. He said that the horse's heart rate was really high after the race last night and it didn't come down for quite some time. So I guess a high heart rate could lend itself to maybe a virus. But um, in saying that, he said there was no obvious signs. He didn't have a snotty nose or a cough or anything this morning. So the vet was going to have a good look over him. So I think he's probably, if he can get through Sunday, Majestic Man, take his place, he's probably got enough points to find himself in the final anyway with only the two heats and horses like Funky Monkey now stood down to trial so you would think that's the end of her campaign and the like so he could still make his way through even if he picks up middle points on Sunday night and then he said that himself and Sonia have a week to get him right which I think is the important thing so I mean you couldn't tip anybody into him at the moment but it's nothing significant or obvious that's wrong with him at this stage. Mm. You, you would think he'd be subject to some fairly stringent testing before he races again on Sunday night, though, wouldn't you? Absolutely. And you would expect that yeah. it's probably um, the Harness Racing New South Wales vets will be inspecting him as well yeah. um, and having access to, to whatever tests, blood tests, scoping and the like. And I see that they're 
there's a note of a follow-up report in the stewards report. So uh, Anthony and Sonia will be required to present that to them to, to justify his spot. Okay. All right. Well, we look forward to Sunday night coming through Newcastle action there on Sunday night, third and final round before we get to the big dance coming up next week. So your horse to, to be on for the grand final for the Pacers right now is? Expensive ego. Mm. But doesn't it depend the on trotters? the draw? Uh, yeah, it definitely does depend on the draw, Steve. Yeah. But um, because <laughs> we what, won't you, know what you both said, you know, Lee, if one has to sit outside the other, this is what this is the point I'm trying to make here. You know, um, because two seventy at the moment, expensive ego, and two two forty king of two thirty king of swing. You just wonder which one's going to jump, you know, start favourite. I suppose whatever draws better than the other is that possible? That so expensive ego into two seventy. I saw three forty. I thought last night. Yeah, two seventy now. Mm, probably when they were two twenty and. 340 or whatever they were last night, you could nearly back them both and cover your bet, I thought at the time, because it, w- it would probably surprise you if, it, if the winner came from outside them, Chris, but now they're probably a little too close together to play that game. Mm, it'll be interesting to see how big a gap there is once the barrier draw is conducted on whoever draws better. Say if one draws nicely and the other draws off the second row, uh, it'll be interesting to see how big a gap. And then the other side to that is if they both draw say four and five and they're right in the middle what what sort of you know difference in price is there going to be between the two horses then so it'd be very interesting just whilst you got the prices there steve just with the, the trotters mm-hmm. majestic man is he out to about 460 is he still the favorite i'm just checking for you chris with the trotters at the moment yes 460 mm. that's gross unders <laughs> okay mm. After last night, gross. You, you, you couldn't be tempted at 460, surely, Britt? No, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Definitely not. So, and, and and I think even aside from his performance last night, I think the 3,000 metres is still a query for him anyway, even aside from that, if he was fit and in form and, and racing well. So at this stage, there's so many, there's so many horses that you could entertain uh, around him. I know I was with, mentioned Caligula last week but he's been a little bit disappointing since but I mean Timothy Red what more can he do and probably Pink Galas is in the same boat and then throwing Maori Law the penny drops that are going to just relish the 3,000 meters so a tough monarch was a lot better last night too so I, I don't think I could could really come up with a a horse for the series again until the barrier draw when it comes to the trotters yeah I think that's a fair call as well your best bet for the weekend is to be honest, Chris, I don't have one for you this week. I haven't had time to look at Albion Park and there's nothing for Sunday at Newcastle yet. So I don't want to uh, put my nose on the, my neck on the line without uh, without having done some research. So I'll have to leave that be this week. Sorry. Okay. Well, we'll let you off the hook this week, but I'm <laughs> sure we'll, uh, we'll be able to pin you down next week for a grand final tip or two plus a, another tip. So uh, that's that's fair enough. I really appreciate the time again this morning, Brittany. Uh, best of luck on Sunday night with coverage of night three. We'll be all tuned in and uh, we'll chat again next week. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, interesting comments. Graham joining us. For... Yeah, too right. I reckon that's the There's biggest talking point, Chris. Coming, I reckon going into the race, that's going to be the biggest talking point of it. I, I, and I'm fascinated to see what happens in the final. If a horse like mm. Expensive Ego leads from a good draw... And King of Swing, say, off the second line, st- comes around, as he does every time, does the leader, does Expensive Ego hand up and let him roll on? I reckon that's fascinating. 
Yeah. Well, I think he'll hand over to him. So you think he Let's will? Get the thoughts of Matty. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I do. I do. Yeah, I think okay. if expensive ego leads and King of Swing comes around, I think the lead will be there for him. Well, that's curtains, then, isn't it? Race over. Is that correct? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Matt Young, what's Possibly. his thoughts? Good morning, Matt. Good morning, boys. Uh, Who wins the I end of the minion after night? I was just listening too? to that thought there. Sorry, dude. Um, I was just listening to you guys there. I, I would have thought expensive ego would hold the front. So that's my Maybe take on that. Yeah. Yeah. Expensive ego, that was monstrous last night. Um, I know King of Swing was outstanding, and I've always been um, against King of Swing when he's won off the fence, so I thought he was in serious trouble. But um, looking at the times and the way the races were run, Expensive Ego was unbelievable last night. New track record, and mm. yeah, so um, if I thought King of Swing would just go through the series undefeated and probably win the final. And I thought Expensive Ego probably isn't at the same level as the King. But after last night, I was uh, going to have to rejig my thoughts. Chris, is he definitely locked in, Luke? Definitely on King of Swing in the final? Yeah. Definitely? Yep. Yep. Mm, okay. I just thought he might wait for the draw. Well, I'm under the understanding, that, and the owners are under the understanding, uh, or of the understanding, that uh, he'll be driving King of Swing. Mm. And he does, yeah. as, as Brittany pointed out, he does have a, a just this wonderful rapport with the horse, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah. So I, I, I don't disagree, and I know that's what Matt's outlining. Like, visually, expensive ego looks better than everything else at the moment, but um, I think when you sort of, breakdown king at swing. He's been just as, as impressive um, so far. I think what I, uh, my my comments about that is more so that if you hand the lead up to king of swing with what he can do on the rail, then pretty much what Steve was saying, it's pretty close to race over uh, because no one will beat him. But when he's one off the fence, that's when he's at his most vulnerable. And I just think you, you, would, you would have to park him. But it's very intriguing tactically. Uh, heading towards the Inter Dominion, we could have an amazing match race between two stable mates where the tactics would be oh so important. Mm. It's going to be fascinating just to see the prices, how the bookies react, and how they sort of, you know, uh, market these horses as far as, you know, it could be a significant gap depending on who draws better. But if, if the other draws, like if Expensive Ego draws better than King of Swing, that gap could be a lot smaller. So we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Mm. And if you, you owned, the best tomorrow night. Yeah. Say again. I'm just saying, if you owned Expensive Ego, for example, I'm just putting it out there, and um, King of Swing you know, does roll to the front, and, and the other horse lets it go. Um, it'd be interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Mm. No doubt. Uh, ten of the best tomorrow night, Matty. And uh, the good race, or the most intriguing race on this program, is race number five. So your big cups are coming up next month. They're just around the corner. Fremantle WA Pacing Cups. The big boys are out to play, and that, that's certainly the case here tomorrow night. Gary Hall Jr. had the choice of basically three horses here. Wild West, Hurricane Harley, Major Martini. He's opted for Major Martini. Are you at all surprised by his decision? Not really. Uh, this horse is so talented, Major Martini, and it's a great test. This will be 
so fascinating this race uh, and just the way the race could be run is fascinating as well wild west has got some gate speed will no doubt be trying to boot through and lead galactic star hurricane harley's got good gate speed hampton banner is blistering off the arm Fletchley park can fire up and then you add in the returning minstrel from the outside draw patronus star it, this race is so fascinating. Over 2,500 metres, I think it could be a very keenly contested event. And uh, Major Martini is probably a very uh, strong logical decision by Gary Hall Jr. for a horse who can finish so fast and uh, just sitting off the pace. I think it's uh, a great choice in drive. Okay. So that's a really good field there tomorrow night. And then just in the last seven days over there in, in the West, you've had the likes of Magnificent Storm Trial, uh, Rock and Roll Lincoln Trial for the second time, Regatso Max Trial, but he, he's only a young horse still, so he's probably not aiming towards the Cups. But there, there's a bit of power over there. Yeah, it's uh, really starting to heat up. Chicago Bull, hopefully uh, he can get back to the track before the the pacing cup. But, uh, yeah, that's it's all touch and go. But... Seeing those horses back and running, we've got Magnificent Storm who's beaten in trials. But he does do that. He's he's just a sort of horse that takes a little bit to be able to get him back to his best. Uh, he's just normally wins anyway. So looking forward to seeing him back. Rock and Roll Lincoln's had two pretty soft trials. So uh, interesting to see where he goes next up. I thought Regazzo Max trial was unbelievable. It was he came home, he broke 27 himself and he's come from 10 to 15 metres off the leaders and grabbed them right on the line and didn't look like it was under too many urgings from Mark Reed. So uh, he's very exciting and it's just great to see some really smart horses coming back and you have a look at the field tomorrow night and with the addition of those few horses and potentially in 12 months' time, maybe Chicago Bull and Shockwave coming back as well. Mighty Conqueror to be added to the field. It's it's going to be a very even and open pacing cup with probably eight or nine winning chances. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. So who are you tipping tomorrow night in that free-for-all? I'm with Major Martini. Uh, I know he's had two soft runs to be able to win, but just knowing his talent and knowing how Justin Prentice can get horses spot on, the way I think the race can be run, really sets up for a sweeper I think and there's none better than Major Martini uh, he'll be able to sweep into the race at a vital point and probably get the victory so yeah, I'm with Major Martini OK, he's won 8 from 16 so far, Major Martini what is your best bet on the program tomorrow night? Uh, we go the race after the Channel 7 Phillies and Mares pace of Vivere de Moor or Vivere de Moor was a good run last start. I've, I've liked this horse's form, this preparation, although numerically it doesn't look great, but finally gets a draw. This is what she's been crying out for a draw for so long, and she gets one here. Uh, we saw how good she was 12 months ago when being able to lead. Emily Savalco takes the reins. Belle Catherine's in the race, but it's going to have to do the work outside of Viva de Moore, and I just thought uh, she'd be able to lead and win. So... Race six, number one, Viva de Moor for Peter Tilbrook and Emily Savalco. Okay. Uh, great scenes there last week when uh, Emily was able to claim that Group 1 uh, Mayor's feature. So uh, a fitting reward for a, uh, a lot of hard work uh, over the past season. 
Yeah, um, uh, really amazing. Uh, she won the Youth Achiever Award last year. I'm not sure who they're going to give it to this year because she's had an even better season. And uh, yeah, Nathan Turvey's had a season that he'll never forget. Uh, he's been able to improve horses and uh, get so many multiple winners and have them racing at career best. So to get a Group 1 winner at the end of the year, I think really tops off both of their years. And it was really fitting, as you said, Chris. So uh, great to see her first I've no doubt many more Group 1 wins to come, Emily. She's a real talent in the sulky, and she uh, grows strength from strength to strength every time she steps out there. She's a real talent. Yeah, great stuff. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. Uh, we've got the tip. Race 6, number 1. Enjoy the meeting tomorrow night. We'll be chatting again next week. Cheers, boys.